0: In September of 2006, uh, Randy Posh was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Randy Posh is a professor at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> and when Posh received this diagnosis, immediately he wasn't ready to, uh, to leave his wife and three very small children. So he vowed to fight and tried some experimental surgery, some experimental uh, chemotherapy, and, uh, and it worked. Randy Posh was able to, to really, uh, was, the cancer went into remission. Well, it worked for about a year. And uh, in August of 2007, during a regular checkup, uh, Posh found out that the cancer had metastasized and was in his liver. And he was probably going to have about three to six months of good health left. Kind of the ironic uh, side story here was that he was, he had already committed to give what's kind of known as a last lecture. They'll do this from time to time. Maybe you've seen a professor do this where they'll ask a professor, if you could only give one more lecture, you know, if you could, this would be your last words that you could offer to the world, what would you say? And he was scheduled in September of 2007, a month later, to deliver this lecture. So he went ahead and gave the lecture. He's tried some other things kind of just to give you the rest of the story. He's tried some other things. Randy Posh is still alive. And still in good health. But, uh, but he gave this lecture about achieving your childhood dreams. And the lecture just became an instant success, watched by the thousands on YouTube, downloaded on iTunes. Uh, and, and that fall, he ended up writing a book. And the book and the lecture are, are follow a very similar line, uh, but I think the book is actually just incredible. Uh, the lecture's good. The book is just absolutely incredible. And, uh, and he writes in here uh, just kind of about uh, his own life and, and what he wants to leave for his kids and things like that. Well, in April of 2008, this book becomes an, an instant bestseller, a national bestseller. And I thought just for the fun of it this morning, uh, I would show you uh, kind of a comparison here. Now, the last lecture, when I checked a couple weeks ago, was number one on Amazon. Uh, I had the privilege two years ago of writing a teen devotional book book that is number 1,832,250. Now, I'm fairly, thank you, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm fairly confident the only person buying copies of this book is my mother. So thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. You're, you're wonderful. She probably has copies in her purse if you want to see one, but... I wanted to this morning, I wanted to let you see just a little bit, just a couple minutes of this last lecture by Randy Pausch. And, uh, and it's a very powerful lecture. If you want to watch the whole thing, it's about 76 minutes long, so we couldn't show the whole thing here. But this is just a couple minutes kind of of him talking about how he's processed his own situation and, uh, and, and gives you kind of an introduction to what he talked about in his own last lecture.
1: You know, In case there's anybody who wandered in and doesn't know the backstory, my dad always taught me when there's an elephant in the room, introduce them. Uh, if you look at my CAT scans, there are approximately 10 tumors in my liver, and the doctors told me three to six months of good health left. Uh, that was a month ago, so you can do the math. Um, I have some of the best doctors in the world. Uh, so that is what it is. We can't change it, and we just have to decide how we're going to respond to that. We cannot change the cards we are dealt, just how we play the hand. Uh, If I don't seem as depressed or morose as I should be, um, sorry to disappoint you. Uh, (laughs) uh, And I assure you, I am not in denial. It's not like I'm not aware of what's going on. My family, my three kids, my wife, we just decamped. We bought a lovely house in Chesapeake, Virginia, near Norfolk. And we're doing that because that's a better place for the family to be down the road. Uh, And the other thing is I am in phenomenally good health right now. I mean, is the greatest thing of cognitive dissonance you will ever see is the fact that I am in really good shape. In fact, I'm in better shape than most of you. So anybody who wants to cry or pitter me can come down and do a few of those, and then you may pity me. (laughs) All right, so what are we not talking about today? We're not talking about cancer, because I spent a lot of time talking about that, and I'm really not interested. If you have any herbal supplements or remedies, please stay away from me. Uh, And we're not going to talk about things that are even more important than achieving your childhood dreams. We're not going to talk about my wife, we're not talking about my kids, because I'm good, but I'm not good enough to talk about that without tearing up. So we're just going to take that off the table. That's much more important. And we're not going to talk about spirituality and religion, um, although I will tell you that I have experienced a deathbed conversion. Um, I just bought a Macintosh. (laughs) Now, I knew I'd get 9% of the audience with that. but (laughs) All right. So what is today's talk about, then? It's about my childhood dreams and how i've achieved them i've been very fortunate that way how i believe i've been able to enable the dreams i've been able to enable the dreams of others and to some degree lessons learned i'm a professor there should be some lessons learned and how you can use the stuff you hear today to achieve your dreams or enable the dreams of others and as you get older you may find that enabling the dreams of others thing is even more fun
0: Well, a couple of weeks ago as I read this book and I thought, oh, I, I can't wait. This is what we need to talk about here uh, when I have a chance to share in June. Uh, I couldn't help but think about the fact that we have, I don't know if you know this or not, but we have a similar last lecture recorded in the Bible. Uh, it's the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy is basically Moses' last lecture to the Israelites before Moses goes and he dies. And just kind of as a quick refresher of the life of Moses, so we're all on the same page here. Moses, you may remember, is the guy who grows up. He's a Hebrew, but he grows up in the Pharaoh's house. And so he's, he's among the Egyptian people who have enslaved the Hebrew people, but Moses has this opportunity to kind of grow up and have a little bit nicer upbringing. And uh, when Moses is about 40 years old, he witnesses uh, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and he kills the Egyptian. Well, he ends up having to flee, and he flees to the land of Midian. And while he's in Midian, he marries there. He starts a family. and He's there about 40 years, and then God, Moses is walking one day on the side of a mountain, and God speaks to him from this burning bush. Moses looks over, and he sees this bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. And that's where God issues a calling into Moses' life. That's where God tells Moses, you are going to free my people. You are going to head back to Egypt, and you are going to be the one that leads the people uh, out from the tyranny and oppression of the Egyptians. Well Moses does, he leads the people out and when they head out into the wilderness and, and they begin grumbling against God and all that stuff and they end up with this punishment from God where uh, because they refuse to enter the promised land when it was supposed to be given to them, they have to wander for 40 years. Imagine this, 40 years in the wilderness. And at the end of this 40 years, that's kind of the setting that we have for this book of Deuteronomy. You can imagine, just think in your mind, of these, of these Israelites, this nation of Israel. They have been for 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Here they are. They're in the desert just east of the Jordan River getting ready to go and take the land that God has promised to them. That they have been waiting for all this time. And Moses delivers his land. His last lecture, which basically is, is a set of three speeches that he gives to the Israelite people, and really to, to kind of sum it up, his, his, his message is basically, you know, if you keep the rules, then you get to live. If you don't keep the rules, then it might be a good time to schedule your own last lecture, okay? You know, keep the rules. That's, that's what he's telling. And I love to kind of compare these two last lectures, Randy Pausch and, and, and Moses' last lecture. Because on the one hand, you've got this Randy Polish, this professor, who delivers his last lecture, and in it, he talks about head fakes. For those of us who played sports know, you know, we're talking about the head fakes, when you fake like you're going one way, and you go a different direction. And at the very end of the lecture, he says, did you catch the head fake? And, and what he tells the audience is, you thought you were here for me to try and impart wisdom on you, and, and for me to share my life experience. Really, I'm only giving this lecture because it's getting recorded on video, and I want my kids to have a piece of me forever. He says that also on his website, that that he's excited that the book became a bestseller and all that, but he says his line in the website is, I only really cared about the first three copies. And so Randy Pausch gives this last lecture so that his kids will get to have him, will get to have something to hold on to of him for a lifetime. Moses delivers his last lecture so that the nation of Israel will have God for eternity. And I want to talk about that today, okay? I want to ask you this question, and just to think about as we go through today, if you found out that you only had three months left to live, how would you spend those three months? Okay, if you found out that you only had three months left to live, how would you spend those three months? Because my guess is things would change in your life, wouldn't they? I'm guessing there are a lot of things that we are engaged in right now that we would stop doing altogether. And there are probably some things we aren't doing right now that we would jump into pretty fast. You know, one of the most sobering exercises I, I've ever done with students is to ask uh, teenagers to write their own epitaph or to write their own obituary. You know, and, and every once in a while we get a break. We get students to take a break from sending text messages and playing Guitar Hero and things like that. And we, and we do a little more serious thing like this. And it's incredible that when you start to think about the end, it changes the now a whole lot. Because I bet that for all of us in this room, there, there are things that we do a lot of right now that we would probably do very little if we knew that the end was near. Okay, And I want to offer you uh, an opportunity, there's a little insert in your bulletin, it's called uh, My Last Lecture, and please feel free while we're talking through this idea today to spend a little bit of time just reflecting, you know, how would my life be different, what would I say, what would I do, and then we'll talk a little bit more about, about that as we go along, Okay. So I want to talk about last lecture living, and I think there are are really three things that last lecture living is just all about. The first one is priorities. Last lecture living is all about priorities. When Moses delivers this talk in Deuteronomy, the very first thing, in fact, the first four chapters of the book of Deuteronomy are filled with Moses reiterating the history of, of the wanderings of the Israelite people. He's going over, he's telling stories. And I think that the reason he does that is to remind them where they've been so that they and kind of figure out where they're going. He's doing it to remind them of, of the struggles and the, the, the wins and the losses that they have had in their relationship with God. Because what gets repeated gets remembered. That which is repeated gets remembered. Remembered. Last week, Elizabeth and I had the privilege to head down to Tennessee over Memorial Day. Went down to see my grandmother down there. My grandmother's a very interesting woman, uh, 75-year-old German woman, uh, and has, uh, you know, it was just kinda, it, was, it was an interesting culture shock to watch our three-and-a-half-year-old at times, you know, where she's sitting at the dinner table, and grandma would yell, and, you know, her German accent, and Kitty would snap to it, you know, you will eat the green beans, und you will like it, you know, and it's like, you watch her kind of go, but, but we, had, we had some opportunities just to talk while we were there. Because I realized on the way down that there is a ton of history, a ton of family history, a ton of wisdom, things like that, that I may not get to go and ask her about that much longer. And so I took every opportunity just to badger her with questions as much as I could. I heard stories about, uh, just incredible stories. My great-grandfather was a German soldier fighting in World War II and, and was actually in a Russian prison camp when the war was over. My great-grandmother rode on her bicycle around Germany looking to try and find him and bring him home from the camp. And, and, and just all these different stories. Because I think, that, I think that in order to chart where we are going, we need to know where we've come from. In order to really figure out where we are headed in life, it is very important for us to look back and see where we've come from. Uh, Moses reminds them of their history, and then he implores them to obey the covenant. Over and over again, he talks about the covenant. And the covenant is just God saying to his people, I love you, so follow me. I love you, so obey me. I love you, so live for me. Randy Pausch says this, time is all you have, and you may find out one day that you have less than you think. See, if we knew, how many of us, if we found out that we only had three months left to live, how many of us would, would go out and say, all right, I've got to get back to work. I've got to start working 80 hours a week, and I've got to do nothing but work, and, and I don't want to see anybody else, I don't want to have time for any other relationships, but I'm not going to leave any loose ends at work. Or how many of us, if we found out that the end was near, we would just go and rack up like as much debt as we possibly could for those we love the most to deal with, right? How many of us would, would hold on to our pride in relationships and refuse to make amends? We would go out and do more meaningful things, wouldn't we? Like buying an HDTV and watching Cubs games or something like that, right? We would go out and do things that were really meaningful for us. See, maybe it's time for us to rethink our priorities just a little bit. Because I'm guessing that each one of us in this room spend a lot of time doing things that would matter very little if we knew how much time we had left in this world. Priorities. Second thing I think Last Lecture Living is all about is relationships. Here's what Moses says in Deuteronomy ten twelve. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Okay, and if we understand Jesus' words, Jesus explains to us, you know, Moses is talking about loving God, and Jesus explains to us that loving God translates into loving people as well. Loving God and loving people, that's what Last Lecture Living is all about. Randy Pausch says this, someone asked me what I want on my tombstone. I replied, Randy Pausch, he lived 30 years after a terminal diagnosis. But I promise you, I could pack a lot of fun into those 30 years. But if that's not to be, then I'll just pack fun into whatever time I do have. When, uh, we were in, when I was in Tennessee in December, and went back uh, for my dad's funeral and talked a little bit about that for those of you who were here at the end of, of December. But, uh, but going back reminded me of a whole lot of things. You know, reminded me of, uh, of a childhood where, where he left when I was a kid. And, and I tried in my teenage years, really, to, to try and get that relationship back. And wrote letters and all those things and never returned or any of those kinds of things. And, and coming into my adult years, I said, okay, fine. If you don't want a relationship with me, that's fine. Then I'll just move on. And, uh, and I realized, as I was standing over his grave in December, that we'd never have a chance to renew that relationship and I have to tell you, it had a profound impact on every relationship in my life from that day forward. Because I made a decision back in December, that for the, and, and it's been true for the last six months, that I do not want any relationship left undone if that's the last time I get to talk to somebody. You know, I've probably become obnoxious with hugging people and saying I love you and all that kind of stuff. But, but over and over again, I've made a commitment that no other relationship in my life will end in a way that I'm not comfortable with. I think that's what Last Lecture Living is all about. I, uh, I took a picture while I was down there. The tombstone just got up about a month ago. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because that's the first time I've ever seen that name just totally by itself on a tombstone or on a, on a headstone. And I realized that someday I'm going to have that on the back of a stone. And when you start to look at the end like that, it changes how you live now. Yesterday there was a memorial service for a guy that Elizabeth and I went to college with. And uh, about 11 months ago, Steve was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, and so he and his wife and his seven-year-old daughter are trying to prepare for this and and trying to negotiate life and figure out what things are going to be like after he's gone, and he battled the best he could. But this week, cancer finally took Steve's life. And I remember hearing that in the last several months and reading online as I was following all of this happening, that over the last several months on the days that were better days, he was making videos. And he was writing letters and he was doing everything he could for for those around him to have after he's gone. Elizabeth and I have even talked about that idea. We've had friends who have, you know, even in good health, who have written letters to their kids to be opened on on the day they get their license or graduation from high school or wedding day or any of those important days in the hopes that someday you get to open those together and it's an incredible celebration of, of what you were thinking at the time and all the hopes and the dreams that you had for your kids and stuff like that. But just in case... It's there. But here's the thing. Okay, I don't want you to think, I would hate for you to walk away thinking that, that last lecture living is about being that drastic. Okay, It's not about moping around and saying, oh, I don't know, you know, Jason said I might die tomorrow and who, you know, who cares what I'm going to do. What I'm talking about here is making the most of relationships while you have the opportunity. Last lecture living is all about making the most of every relationship. Are there conversations that you aren't having right now that you really ought to be? Are there phone calls that you know you should make and you do that thing we all do where it's like, oh, I'll just do it later. But it's time to stop putting it off. Or maybe, maybe there's a Bible at your house that is collecting a whole lot more dust than it should be. And it's time to get that out and re engage in a relationship that will change all the rest of the relationships in your life. Last Lecture Living is about relationships, it's about loving God and loving people. The third idea is this Last Lecture Living is all about legacy. Randy Posh says, So, how to spend my very limited time? The obvious part is being with and taking care of my family. While I still can, I embrace every moment with them and do the logistical things necessary to ease their path into a life without me. The less obvious part is how to teach my children what I would have taught them over the next 20 years. Here's what Moses says in Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Listen, if you want to build a legacy, build a legacy of people who fall madly in love with the creator of the universe whether it's the children in your house or it's the neighbors in your neighborhood or the people you work with, build a legacy of people who come into a relationship with the God that will take care of everything else. What is it that you want your legacy to be? Think about it for a second. What is it that you want your legacy to be? Maybe for you, it's uh, you want to beat that Kobayashi guy at the hot dog eating contest, you know, and you want to eat like 120 hot dogs in two minutes or whatever it is. Maybe your legacy is kids who become great parents. Maybe for some of us, the legacy we want is is a funeral so big it has to be held at assembly hall. I don't know what it is for you, but what I can tell you is this. Day in and day out, you are building a legacy. Whether you want to or not, each decision you make in your life builds a legacy. Okay, think about every significant relationship you've ever had in your life. It has had an impact on you. Whether for some, maybe an abusive father. For others, really crummy dating relationships. Or maybe for some of us, it's just incredible mentors who have changed our lives and had a very positive influence on us. See, sometimes we get in this thinking that, oh, I'm not one of those leader people, you know. There's nobody looking at what I do. There's nobody following me. There's no way I don't have all that charisma or whatever else. We convince ourselves of all these things. But you need to hear that you are touching lives. Day in and day out, all the people around you are being influenced. Those lives are being touched by the things that you do. How do you want to be remembered? For some of us, will it be five minutes after we're gone and people are thinking about that critical person who could never let things go? Or maybe it's 50 years. People are saying, oh, I always remember how so-and-so used to say this. They used to do this in my life. Or maybe, maybe you could leave a legacy for generations to come. Maybe two, three, four generations down the road, people who will never even know your name and never even know what you you did, but they will have a relationship with God because of just a couple of lives you influenced while you were here on this earth. What do you want your legacy to be? I want to close with this thought. See, there's a problem. We don't always know. In fact, most of us won't have someone tell us you have three to six months. And so we don't always know quite how to live our lives and how to make plans versus living in the moment and all that stuff. Okay, you don't get to choose. Maybe you have 50 years left. Maybe this is your last summer. We just don't know. There's a management book called Fish. And in the book Fish, they talk about the only thing in life you get to choose is your attitude. Just about everything else in your life is dictated for you, but the only thing you consistently get to choose always is your attitude, how you will respond to the things around you. So why not get started on that last lecture living this summer? And that little card in your bulletin that you're filling out or the things that are going through your mind that God's putting on your hearts right now, why not get started this summer? Why not live this summer, the next three months, like those might be your last? And if you get time on the end of that, then great. Awesome. Continue to live like it might be your last. What if we started living in such a way that we never left any relationships untied? What if we started living in such a way (coughs) that our priorities, our priorities were obvious to everyone that we came in contact with? You don't get to decide whether you have 50 more years or 50 more hours all you get to decide is how you're going to spend that time. You heard Randy Posh say this in the video, and I love this quote. We cannot change the cards we are dealt, just how we play the hand. Listen, spend this summer loving God and loving people. Spend this summer making sure that your lifestyle lines up with the priorities you say you have in life. And spend this summer building a legacy that will outlast you. If you look at every relationship in your life and you say, if this were my last lecture with this person, what would be their take home piece? What would they walk away with? I think if we begin to live like that, it will change our own lives and it will change the lives of people around us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for God, ins- inspirational words like Moses delivered in Deuteronomy. God, I thank you for the message that he delivered. I thank you for the life that he lived, for the example that he set. God, I thank you for reminders like the book The Last Lecture. God, I thank you for opportunities that remind us that time is precious and relationships are even more precious. God, help us to spend this summer focusing on our relationship with you and then in turn letting that relationship spill over into every other relationship that we have. God, please work through us in incredible ways to touch the lives of people around us. Help us never To be so focused on day in and day out things that we miss the bigger picture. But God, help us not to think so much about down the road that, that we don't live our lives now and we don't enjoy the relationships and the things that the blessings that you've given us today. God, just be with us. In Jesus' name.